Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When I have listened to it, you obviously engage with the show in a really... A sexy way. Just said, in a sexy <laughs> way. way. In a sexy way. Keep Smart going. and sexy way. P.S. also separate topic like imagine how exciting today you're an empathetic person so you can imagine from my perspective how great it has been to get to meet you today and sit with you and and how special that must feel right we've met we stood up we hugged hello when we walked in i've just worked out that my fly has been down the entire time notice did you really not notice he wasn't looking at your crutches that disappointing to you (laughs) terribly but i just can you imagine if you were me being like my fucking fly (laughs) has been down on my jesse armstrong day it might be fashion i don't know it's fine with the benefit of hindsight, it was so obvious. Go on. It was always going to be Jesse. It had to be him. Our number one boy. Jesse Armstrong is our guest. Okay, can we all agree that the finale was intense? It was, it was intense. Yeah. And it was especially intense for us and the... 498 other people at the BFI in London in the early hours of this morning, whatever it was. It's a big blur, isn't it? We're so, it's almost like, you know what we feel like at this point? It's like we've been on a couple of red eye flights and we just can't figure out what's going on anymore. Was it a fever dream? <laughs> it was. Here's what it was the best of times and the worst of times. I think, I think you're right. It was high octane and it was big, big reactions. So the build up <laughs> and being with everybody, it felt so <laughs> exciting. But you know me. I like to feel my feelings too. I'm not right. just watching it for the laughs. I like to feel my feelings. And I I couldn't truly get into my sobbing until no. we rewatched it at <laughs> home today. <laughs> you couldn't really give over. But there was a point at the BFI where you had a, I was going to say a little wobble, which makes it sound like someone is tearing up. Your body did shake at one point watching. But, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So by anybody else's standard, I had an extreme emotional yeah. reaction at the BFI, but by my own standards. Correct. You were stifled. Yes, yes. I, um, you know, and what? here's what I, this is the line that I want to walk in describing this BFI event. So I want to be true and I want to like express gratitude. And it was unbelievably special thing. But also, if I am not mistaken, we've got plenty of you cuties listening right now 
who really wanted to be there and couldn't. So I'm just aware of the feelings of people being made to feel like they missed out on a once in a lifetime opportunity. So to them, I say, go with me on this journey and trust me that I consider your feelings. It was a once in a lifetime experience. It was so unbelievable. So so we were sat in the same row as Jesse and Jeff and Jesse both crossed their legs while seated, but in opposite directions. So the point is, I kept looking over at Jeff's leg and Jesse's leg. Their feet were right next to each other during the finale. It was so special. I think he I think he was playing footsie with me a little. Don't even. I'm trying to make a serious point right now. So the point is, I, I couldn't believe that we, and I'm not saying like, gosh, golly gee, just us couple of members of the media elite in North London with our connections weaseling our way in. But I, I do kind of genuinely mean that I can't believe we got to a point where we, were, where we were included. But also, in terms of the actual viewing experience, I didn't find actually watching as pleasant as I do if I'm sat on my sofa with my husband. In an ideal world, I would have got to see Jesse talk about the show and all the writers, and then there were videos from cast members. I would have got to experience all that. And then I would have gone into a little room on my own. <laughs> but here's the thing, you know, as I heard you say that, I was like, hey, and I was like, no, I actually, I did just, it was so exciting when it started. And, you know, it was so exciting throughout, but there were just points where people were laughing or, and it felt more like being at a pantomime than watching this. Oh, like, no, it ins- didn't. <laughs> oh, yes, it did. This insane tonal shift that it's capable of where you, you know, you move from laughing to crying, etc. Mm. Shall we start with brain dumps? Let's Dump on this shit. Okay, Roman. Oh, Romy, Romy, Romy. In the Caribbean at the Air Clear. He's wearing some bracelets. And I'm pretty sure those are Kieran Culkin's bracelets. They were very unlike anything I've seen Roman wear. Now I'm going to get an immediate email that's like, actually, Roman is a bracelet. But it was very not corporate. It was very hippy dippy. Now, Kieran Culkin, and I know this because I watched his monologue when he hosted SNL. He's very into hippy-dippy bracelets. Are we supposed to think that he's got a holiday suitcase with his bracelets in? Did he buy them from a man on the beach when he got there? Here's what I feel like. Tell me if you think this is wrong. I think we're now outside. We're we're very clearly outside of this idea of one day at a time. He went out at some point after Logan's funeral and got horribly beat up, even though he was the winner, and is now far enough along in his recovery that something within him, no matter what, Wants to go to mom, I guess. So he's settled in a little bit. So he's on island time now, or the closest that Roman Roy does to island time. And he he walked somewhere. Thought, oh, fuck it, I'll buy a bracelet. And like, it seemed crazy to him that he was going to buy something that was going to cost him like $4. I also thought that that T-shirt Roman was wearing, it looked like he'd spilled something on himself and had to borrow a T-shirt. Yes, it did. He's on island time, but not in a cool way. You. Meet the new Jess. Same new as Jess. the old Jess. <gasps> No, blonde. No, I was just quoting the song. It's the who, who song. Why are you looking at me like no, I know sure. anything about this shit? New Jess! New Jess! Now, he's very hard to do an impression of. Not if you're Kieran Culkin. I'm going to say something controversial. His Jerry impression was phenomenal. Kendall was, was solid. And I don't want to be in that ungenerous of a place, but that's where I was, truthfully. So what was better? Um, Roman's impersonation of Kendall... Or Connor's impersonation of Logan. Connor's impersonation of Logan. He does his little impression of his dad in front of his dad. Oh, be still my heart. Um, But new Jess, though. I really wish Kendall had just 
cloned a brand new Jess. Like Waystar were keeping their employees' DNA. Well, lucky for you that she only like went out one episode before the end. I uh, I used to go to a cafe which was exclusively staffed by young Polish women. Uh huh. Here's the strange part: they were all called Aga, short for Agata. So they'd be known as like Aga 1, Aga 2, Aga 3. Not new Aga or old Aga. Yeah. It was Aga 1, Aga 2, Aga 3, Aga 4. Occasionally, <laughs> an Aga would leave and a new Aga would come in. But huh? they wouldn't take the number of the old one. Everybody would move up. Better. I think that's better. <laughs> All right. Next, Nobbies. obviously. Yes. Now listen, not that I needed another reason to hate on Peter Munyans. I kind of like Peter Munyans, actually. But the ends of the bread are the best part. The crusts are the best. And all these people who don't want the heel of a loaf of bread, it's not stale. It's like the best bit. Yeah. What's this guy? I'm glad that his cheese was filleted or eaten out. I don't know whether that was more of a pussy or more of a peen peen, but it was, <laughs> it was violated. And I'm glad that it was. Can we talk about your behavior with bread? Oh, you get real pissed with me about it. You know me. Hey, guys, it's me. I'm not, like, buying a shitty loaf of bread. I want a loaf of nice sourdough bread, okay? And that's the only way I'm going to do it, because I'm not a fucking peasant. You're not a fucking peasant, but you do eat the nice bread as if you're a wild animal. <laughs> it looks it looks like, you know, when a fox gets in your bins. <gasps> it looks like an animal has eaten it. it. So, so basically, I really, really don't like to slice sourdough bread. What I do is rip, rip, dip. Dip, rip, rip, dip, dip. I feel in my body and my mind that that is how a loaf of bread like that is meant to be experienced. Now, this makes Jeff, and I, I think it's fair of you, insane because you come down. I think I'll make myself a nice sandwich, yeah. only you've ripped it in such a way that no matter how I angle the knife, there, there is there's no way of getting a slice out of it anymore. All right, while we are in that beautiful house in the Caribbean... And I know it had its problems. Sure. But um, that salad for dinner was a fucking problem. But I really enjoyed finding out that their mum, Caroline, has an eye phobia. Face uh-huh. eggs. Face eggs. They, they revolt her. Are there any um, parts of the body that revolt you? Sometimes I've seen teeth that are really difficult or a butthole or like, you know. Hang on, no, 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 no. You said that, that or a butthole. So some buttholes are fine and some are disgusting. It's a fair point. I really don't feel like I know any assholes. Other than my sons. Other than that, I'm in the dark. I'll stay that way. Like the asshole itself. I don't like staring at a mouth too much. Where... Not true when you're getting your dick sucked, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you know that thing people sometimes do where they draw a face on their chin? Oh yeah, that's disgusting. That's so disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I and and if I ew, just focus ew. in yeah, on somebody's gross. mouth, they, they can start creeping sure, me out a bit. Sure. I wonder why that mouth thing is so disgusting, because it definitely is. And mm. we, we can't be the only two people who feel that way. Stewie says at one point, I like weird sex, I like bad drugs. I'm a very complicated individual. And I would say that is not a complicated individual. I'm not shocked to hear that the guy who's into weird sex likes bad drugs or vice versa. (laughs) Those details sit very comfortably together for me. Tell us one and we can guess the other. Do you think anybody has ever described themselves as a complicated person and it not being some kind of self-delight? Yes, correct. There is a big gulf between when somebody describes themselves as being complicated. Oh, yeah. And when you describe somebody else as being complicated, they're never the same thing. No, 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 no. Okay, here's my final. I want to give you credit because I don't want to put you in the position to say it yourself. 
but you were so dead on in terms of how succession ends. You've been saying all along that it'll be like the end of The Graduate. And the penultimate, I I think the second to last thing we see is um, Shiv and Tom in that car. And it, it it's a very clear reference to the end of The Graduate. So congratulations. I guess that must be brilliant. We, not really. I mean, you're not stupid. We're going to be providing a very important emergency service this week on Friday Sprinkles. We are? Yes, because I think we're a bit like the Samaritans. People are left with their feelings, Mm -hmm. but they've got nowhere to go. They've got no hope now. There is no more succession. There's only grief. We're working towards acceptance. Yeah. And we will help you with those feelings. We want to know what you thought, what you noticed, what do you think was left hanging? Mm -hmm. So so let us know. Fuck off. At firecrutchandnormcrut.com. So that's happening as normal on Friday. And our guest on this episode is Jesse Armstrong. He needed to go somewhere. Yeah. And he came to us. We needed a, we, we had a slot we needed to fill, so we said, sure. And what this isn't, we didn't just grab five or ten minutes with him no. after the BFI thing or before the BFI thing the other night. We, we met him earlier today in a studio. There was shit we knew you wanted. He cares about his TV show. I care about my podcast. What we thought we'd do is we would give you distilled Jesse in the guest slot on this episode. Mm-hmm. Who else? It couldn't be anyone else. It couldn't be anyone else. But because we ended up talking for so long, tomorrow you're going to get bonus Jesse, a much longer, expansive conversation. In those last 20 minutes, when that fucker wanted to get away from me, I was like, no, no, no. There's still some content that we need for the pod. And here is my promise to you. Oh. No repeats. I know you keep saying this is making me so nervous. There's nothing of Jesse in this episode that will also be in the longer one that comes out tomorrow. Oh, God. That's how confident I feel in the conversation. If you die making this podcast, think how many people would come to the funeral? Jesse would probably come. I'm just so worried about you. That's really weird. That's that's like, um, that's like, there's probably. A, a one-week window in my entire life where Jesse Armstrong would come to my funeral. Oh, I don't think that's true at all. I think if you d- I think if you die in a year, Jesse Armstrong would come to your funeral. Mm, that might be too much. Yeah. It? Oh, my God. He, he could write the eulogy. Yeah, that's what I would do. You know how the siblings blame Matson for Logan's death? Yes. I could blame Jesse Armstrong for your death. Like, death by podcast. Like, overworking on a podcast. <laughs> and then I could be like, he'd be like, Sarah, I'm so, I know. And I'd be like, it's fine. But do you think I'm going to write the eulogy? <laughs> or do you think you're going to write the eulogy? <laughs> but I think he'd, he'd give me what I wanted in that moment as a grieving widow. So our guest later. And tomorrow. It had to be you. Hey, Jesse. It had to be you. Hey, Jesse. When is his birthday? December. Have you considered <laughs> doing like a singing telegram? Oh! <gasps> In like a little elf costume. <laughs> I'm thinking like Marilyn Monroe singing "Happy Birthday, Mr. President." No, I feel like too pathetic if I try to be sexy. But but you think you make a good elf? No, I'm so enormous. Yeah. I mean, I'm very medium, but you know, I do have my bones, <laughs> my BB, my big bones. <laughs> All right, let's get into the episode. And and it starts with Kendall in overdrive. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get the votes he needs for the board meeting. He's desperately trying to get hold of Stewie. I, I enjoyed 
the relentlessness of that. And it made me wish, here's what it made me wish, that Connor was on the board and was also trying to avoid Kendall so that we could have had a scene of Connor looking at his phone, seeing Kendall's name come up and going, he'll keep calling me, he'll keep calling He'll keep calling me. He'll keep calling me. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. I do wonder if Ferris Bueller looms as large for other viewers as it does for us. It's got to loom large for plenty of them. Yeah. Simultaneously, Shiv is still under the misapprehension that she's going to be CEO and she's strategizing with Matson. And there's this article in a magazine which suggests that she is pulling Matson's strings. Did Matson find it funny? Or did he find it funny in the way that people say they find things funny when they're actually quite annoyed? Maybe he didn't like the caricature. It was disgusting. A caricature always is. Remember that caricature that we got done in Edinburgh where like our son looked 45 years old? Yes. Remember that was funny. Our son looked a bit like Georgia Pritchett. (laughs) Yes. We're not just saying that because it's succession theme. Jeff, I was like, wait, Jeff was like, check this out. I was like, wait, what? And he was like, it's Georgia Pritchett. I was like, but my son, anyway, is really a highlight of the fucking fringe. And are we in agreement that part of what convinces Matt's son that Tom is the guy mm. is some of the stuff Shiv was saying about him? If this show has taught us anything, it's that it's always a million little different things, right? It will have been some of that. It's this idea that he'll suck the biggest dick in the room. It's this idea that he it's this, a pain sponge. And, you know, I, the first time I watched the scene where he says to Tom, like, I want to fuck her. And I think with the right circumstances, she, she would fuck me. I was unclear on exactly what was going on with that. And then I was like, oh, I I think it's primarily here to show us how much Tom will let him get away with. Whether or not he does it is actually not even quite the point. It's I'm going to sit across from you. If you're telling me you're going to absorb all my shit, I might fuck your wife. We're both men. Sure. Yeah, you might fuck my wife. I'll take I'll handle that. Proving that he was the thing that he had pitched himself as being a minute earlier. And that, because you know, Shiv wants a partner, really. And that is not gonna work for Matson. This is this is what I underestimated, I think. I didn't I didn't think about this enough. What Matson needs is a drone who is also a pain sponge. You think that when somebody's appointing a CEO, they want to make a big statement and they want an innovator and a visionary. But actually, if you're Matson and you consider yourself to be those things, you don't want somebody else chipping away trying to do that that's also just that line like he'll suck the biggest dick in the room is the best expression because there are a lot of those people in my profession (laughs) and that's that's the best way to explain that kind of person how how would you do if somebody sat across from you saying that they wanted to fuck me i think you would laugh in their face i think you'd burst out laughing i wouldn't i think you're a catch what you can you can conceive of a situation where somebody would say that well no but it would be bizarre but that's not about <laughs> that's not about the unfuckability I think it would seem of you so unlikely to you i don't know who would want to fuck you realistically like it's hard isn't it i think you're a really involved father you're always out with your child we present like we've got a decent marriage and like we're sort of friends. So there's some woman who lives in the hood and she's like, that guy, you have all the emotional availability that her husband doesn't. 
But you're talking about somebody whose who's kink is a sort of bland niceness. That's not a kink. I really enjoyed Shiv returning from talking to her mum on the phone and uh, telling Matson she'd received this tip off from an <laughs> associate of hers. I know, she should be learning better from her mistakes. Then there was this thing, it happened twice, and, and one of them was in the Caribbean when Greg calls and he's got his hot intel. People talk about like, if it comes from Greg, it's true. That's interesting, isn't it? Like, if you get a piece of inf- information from Greg, you know it's true. Yeah. G- Greg isn't in a position where he can sully his own reputation by handing out counterfeit banknotes. Yes, of course. This is all c- information is currency. Yes. And um, if he yes. gets caught with a counterfeit, then... His game is up. Exactly. He's done. Yeah. Oh, how much were you expecting to see Lawrence Volta's face? Yeah, a little bit. Because that not was a hugely... really good bit of misdirection because he seemed like somebody Matson would choose. So you know he's in this tech mm-hmm, world. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even when Matson and Tom were having that conversation, I'm thinking, oh, is he is he fucking with him here in some way? Yes, I thought that as well. I wasn't sure of what was going on. Even the non rewatchers are going to rewatch this because once you know it's Tom, you need to go back and see the journey toward it becoming Tom. We know from our insider intel. The Caribbean was the last location they ever were. So that kitchen scene was one of the very, very last ones that was ever shot. And it feels like there's almost a mania to it. Meal fit for the king. I would anything other than putting someone like that in my mouth. Because I I did think the meal fit for a king. I thought it looked... Sometimes you will go on these strange health oh, kicks and start yeah. using the blender. I think, by the way, once this fucking podcast is over, I'm going hard on that blender. I, I have seen less appealing things come out of our blender <laughs> than that meal fit for a king. That's because you're dumb. You somehow managed to make grey food. Yeah, there was like one thing, it was an acai. It was when I used to be, oh God, no, we're not going to be like body shaming. Can I body shame myself? It's when I used to put so much effort into eating all the colors of the rainbow and like so much protein. Oh God. Grey though. Grey food. It wasn't grey, it was slightly purple. It was grey. Fine. I don't feel like discussing this any further. I also just want to say. Yep. I was very aggressive last week about the time in the Caribbean, and I, I do think it was appropriately managed, which, you know, I always did from the beginning think it was. I knew to trust them. But you know who didn't? My dad. Whew. He was enraged when he found out the Caribbean. And he's still angry. Yeah, he's still angry. He holds on to these things. Oh, another sobbing moment for me was Kendall on the, the raft or the pontoon or whatever it was. And when oh. when they say, when they anoint we him. We anoint you. And it's, it's when they're talking about his, his smiles. Do you want to try and talk through it or will you cry again? You can have go a safe a, go space. Go in a little bit. Go in a little you bit. You can have a safe space. What is it when he's happy? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I know he's he's entitled because his dad promised him something when he was seven and he oh. thinks the whole world should bend to, to that. But at the same time, we have just watched this guy tortured by that thing for years. And there was this moment where they gave him permission to feel joy. And just briefly to see his face transform into... I, I, I don't think we've seen his face look like that ever. Yeah. We've seen him laugh. We've seen him on some nights out. But he doesn't get it from his kids. <laughs> um, I think some people will get to this episode before they listen to our full-length Mark Mylod, which is your mistake. But if anyone doesn't listen to that, he said this thing where when that one of the most incredible parts of working on this show is that when Jeremy Strong finishes and they're done with something, that you can visually see the character of Kendall 
leave his body. And he was like, I wish, I wish I had that on tape. I, w-. I thought, oh, I wish you could see that. There's a nice video we saw on social media, which I think is in that kitchen, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of Sarah Snook and Kieran Culkin shaving Jeremy Strong's head. I don't know if it's he got to the end of playing the character and there's something symbolic, isn't there, mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. taking off that character and, and shaving your head at the same time. And that's a nice moment to see. Yeah, yeah. It'll just be a moment in time for them at some point. Like those three people who are so linked for us, but there'll just be some point where they like, did a job together for a few years all those decades ago. Any other thoughts on the Caribbean air clear? I loved Peter's cheese. Jonathan Nobbies. How did you feel about Jonathan? Bold move to bring that character in that slate <laughs> in the game, but you guys do listen, you're the you're the Emmy winners. I don't fucking know, but I was like, oh, a new character? Are we sure? All right, do you think? I, I I loved how much Caroline delighted in him. Oh God. And I also loved how it turns out that Caroline inviting her children to the Caribbean for an air clear after their father's funeral was in fact like those timeshare holidays that people get invited on where they think they've won a free holiday and then it's just a sales pitch. Oh, my God. You know that's happened to my parents. If you didn't, my mother will just storm out. Moby tied the salesman who thinks that that woman's going to be uh, pressured into spending money. Um, and they arrive back in New York. Oh. And the excitement's palpable. They've, they've got a task ahead of them, but they're up for the fight. And I said to Jeff, I noticed that moment when they come back to New York from the air clear, hovers around the hour mark. So there's some world in which that's the finale, and it's happy, and they're together. But no, someone needs to keep us going for another 30 minutes after that sweet little moment between the sibs. And then we get our time with Connor. We get the Connor curtain call. Um, Connor's clockwise system with the stickers. Oh, my. (laughs) Is, Is there an object in your parents' house that you would like to put a sticker on? Here's what I would do if they died and they have all this stuff that I can't do anything with, but some of which is like very meaningful to me. I'll get some money when they die. So maybe I'll just like use some of my new money for like a storage unit, just put all their shit in there and then go and walk around sometimes. Is that weird? Is that basically like like freezing a dead body and then like keeping it like in the living room and because you're like having a breakdown when someone dies? I think part of the grieving process at some stage is letting go, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know that I can let go of objects in that house. So I just am going to have to put it in a storage unit and then go walking in it. So have fun with that when it happens. The virtual dinner party with Logan. Okay. Do you want to talk about it? It it was it was my moment of hysteria. We had to pause the episode when we did the rewatch at home. The only other you have been that hysterical before in the Keonti Shire episode, the last episode of season three, when Kendall tells the siblings that he killed the kid. He didn't kill a kid. Oh yeah, right. Oh my It's a God. false memory. But that's you got that hysterical in the scene. Do you want to talk people through why? It wasn't even really very specific to the show. It was <sighs> We've spent these years watching everyone on the show pursue more money, more power, as if that's the only thing that matters in life. And I feel that that video was what really, you know, was was just the moment, a moment that really matters in life, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and more like actual happiness is. Yes. Who do you think was holding the camera phone to film it? Do you think it was Willa? Oh, Great question. I hadn't thought about that, but she makes sense, sure. I'm surprised because Willa is a creative. She's a playwright. She knows how to stage things. I'm surprised that she shot it vertical, not horizontal. What a rube. Why is is horizontal so much better? You could just see more. You you get a, a 
a wider perspective, literally. All right, horizontal. But what is strange to me is with TikTok and phones, generations younger than ours, that's how they're used to seeing things. Uh-huh, uh-huh, so they've uh-huh. decided they'd rather not go to the effort of but turning their phones on the side. I don't think that's what it is. It's that vertical is always more flattering. Everyone prefers how they look invert. Really? Mm-hmm. It's just some weird ratio thing it must be, right? I don't know. I just I find it really odd that things are going backwards. You literally had more in a frame and now you have less. It's it's like human civilization has gone into decline. Well, maybe you should do your next podcast about that idea. I'll, t- I'll tell you another example of that happening as well. Mm. The opticians. If I needed a pair of emergency glasses 15 years ago, be able to get a pair in an hour. Mm-hmm. Now, what, five days a week minimum. What's happened there? Why can't you get glasses in one hour anymore? Oh, yeah. Do you know what's interesting? I felt sorry for Willa. Here's this lady. She marries this guy for money. Now she wants time immediately away from him. And I was like, I want that for you. I want him to go and leave you on your own. Did you feel sorry for her? Well, I'm very codependent. Mm. You're constantly going places with your work. And that's hard for you. I don't leave the house and you'd like me to. Yeah. Maybe for for a couple of months. No, I wouldn't want to go two months without seeing you. But I wouldn't mind going, you know, six hours. Whereas I feel like I almost have a, a dog-like attitude to you leaving the house. Do you know, like with a dog, if if you go to the shop and then you come back, the the dog is like it's this great reunion. Yes, but you you're never that. Ha- I think you you there's not that much joy in your body. That's the problem. <laughs> but there is that much pining. But when I get home, it's not like joy to see your wife. It's like huh. it's just that I'm not pining anymore. Yes, that's exactly it. Okay, I want to press pause here. I want to stop proceedings. I'm looking at the time. We're already going to be long. Also, people want to hear from Jesse. I want to get that out. It's already going to be late. So let's press pause here. Here is what I propose. We've said that we're going to give you part two of the Jesse interview tomorrow. No repeats. There won't be a second of stuff from that conversation. You are sure you can commit to this? Committed to it. Uh, There won't be a second that you hear today that you will also hear tomorrow. Uh, Today we went big on the finale. Tomorrow it's going to be more wide-ranging. It's going to be about the the show generally, how Jesse approaches it, a bit more about him, the person, Mm. and, and something special as well. Oh, what's the something special? Do I even... Oh, I think I know now what it is. I thought that was the something special, but I didn't want to presume. Oh, yes. So you're going to get that tomorrow. You're going to get that part two. And as an intro to it, we are going to get into the the brutal part of the finale. In in our defense, I don't think this is us getting indulgent as we sort of cross the final the final line. It was an hour and a half. It was basically 30 minutes more of stuff and some of the most significant stuff. So you're going to get a little bit more tomorrow so that it can be enough and also not shitty that's what we're trying to do anyway exactly so we will do the board vote we will do the 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 meltdown the abusive hug the 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 downfall of those siblings are there is there a silver lining are there positives i i think there's an argument to be made i'm not saying i'm gonna win it but i i think we're gonna try okay and the coronation of Wamsgans. oh jesus Jesus in heaven heaven. praise him so that is coming coming tomorrow but coming up next really i feel this is over to you okay
That was that was nice for Jesse. What about everybody else, though? Well, everyone else. It's my number one boy. It's your number one boy. It's succession. Writer. Creator. Showrunner. Executive producer. Jesse Armstrong. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We were at an event last night. We were. When you were watching with an audience last night, what surprised you? Sometimes there were more laughs than I expected. I, th- I put that down to maybe the theatre effect of like, often when you go to the theatre, people are laughing like, at things which aren't funny. But I think it's because it comes from a nice part of human nature. They want to be supportive and show they're there and on board. So there's maybe just a little bit more laughing than you would expect. And it was very un-English response, right? There were, there were like... <gasps> When uh, when there were it's almost pantomime. It was slightly like pantomime. Kind of like, Greg, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. People were, like rooting for even cheering the credits and then characters as they came on. It was Stewie a got yes. a huge cheer. Only Arian had been there. It's like, oh, it's about this guy. I genuinely think part of it was like people responding to his handsomeness. <laughs> and you know, to to be clear and to be honest, like we sort of Jeff and I were saying on the way home, like it was like the greatest and then the worst thing that had ever happened to us getting to watch it in a room with other people because uh-huh. it was why just, the worst because i hated having to hear other people's responses to it yes you're not allowed to say that right yeah, so it brought that, the snob out in me where i was like oh, i'm the one who really gets it which is why i'm here fucking hosting and you you know so it brought out some of that but then it was also like i was saying to jeff his foot there was an aisle between us and jeff's foot was near your foot <laughs> and we were just watching and i was like his <laughs> which, which I think was my own little snobby princess version of what, ev- what everyone was feeling. So it was just such a strange and great way. Yeah, it's got everyone it. in that room getting to watch 
this thing end that we've all been so invested in and loved so much for these years with with you and the writers yeah. was really special. A lot of the noises were generous, don't, right? Yeah. Of like, but, we're all here and this is pretty great that we're but all you, sharing you, it together. You also, I think, don't you disrespect us all a little bit for loving us? Loving it so much. <laughs> no. I was um, very happy to watch it again today so that I could sob. Yeah. Because oh, I, okay. I, I feel like I was robbed of that. And what was what was tearing you up? What? Oh, have you got a list? He sobbed so bad today <laughs> that there was like, a, and we're watching the clock and we know we got to get to you, which I was like, we're not going to fucking make this on time because this is like full breakdown. <laughs> Do you want to have, you, can you have one guess about what full breakdown was? I, I always found Roman and uh, Kendall and him giving this this sort of masochistic sadistic thing i found that um quite affecting in the edit he sobbed during that uh-huh. but it wasn't the heaving breakdown uh the music at the end i mean nick Rattel, the music at the end is just like fucking hell man when we, where he played that piece to me and dara who does the post-production we went to his apartment early on he played that piece and i was like well maybe that's just like the end of the show and yeah wow i've never watched the ending in an emotionally detached way because of the score it's so good i think thank god it's there to lift up all your shitty writing (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) i feel like people need to say that too because otherwise it's just all this sycophancy right (laughs) Uh, yeah i need it yeah, but was that the end? Was it the ending that made him cry? No, no, it was. I don't even know that I can talk about it without crying. Okay. You are so to get the film the already. It was, yeah. it was. It was when they're at Connor's house and they walk in on that video. Oh yeah, that that was very affecting too. And it it wasn't. I mean, as ever with these things, it wasn't necessarily even about them. It was about life and about what's yeah. important in life. Do you want to leave it there? Yeah, I think, I think yeah, we, yeah, can, yeah. we can all yeah, we yeah, can yeah, all yeah, add yeah. the. Uh, how uncomfortable do you get? Beyond don't. How uncomfortable do you get in the face of emotion? Uh, I hope I'm getting older. I think it's okay. I think I'd like to be all right. Are you I could cons- see him filming up. I was thinking this is this would be okay. I'll just ride it out. <laughs> but you did. Well, I'm not going to bit- come and hug him, which he doesn't want. Um. How did David Rushy feel when you said you're going to be singing in this episode, David? I'd asked him. I, uh, he does some singing. He does. He can sing. He does it. He does does shows sometimes. So I knew he could sing, and so I emailed him to say, "What do you think about this?" And he was up for it. Of course. I mean, it must it must only be like, oh great, I'm going to get a singing moment in the finale of Succession. He's a good man. Um, if I'm not mistaken. I've heard you say elsewhere that you had this idea that Tom would be the successor from season two. Mm-hmm. Is that right information? Yeah. What was the thought before the thought that it was Tom? Hmm. I guess in a certain way, probably until while we were doing the first season, it was just not really thinking that far ahead or the, or the ending hadn't. I think but season two was the first time I was like, OK, well, we're doing it again. And so I guess at a certain point we'll have to end it. And so I think I started thinking, okay, we're we're doing this. What the fuck? What is that ending? And I was knew Logan would pass away, and I guess it started to feel natural. Like successions, changes in power can happen lots of ways. Sometimes someone virile and aggressive grabs the thing, but there are other people. There's a there's a, a lawyer who worked with Sumner Redstone, Philippe Doman, who became CEO, who just, you know, rose up and you get... Stalin was not Stalin. He was, you know, Lenin was Lenin, but Stalin was like, it's probably going to be Trotsky or maybe it will be Zinoviev, but Stalin comes through the middle. And so I guess it started to me feel... It started to feel like, oh, yeah, that is a thing that happened. I felt 
like that the qualities that these kids have been brought up to have are quite actually not insignificant qualities you get from being these princelings but they there's something soft and lacking in them as well that he doesn't lack and um and one of those qualities is actually just working really fucking hard you know so it started to seem like it might be him and the way that a lot of the the room and the process of the show works is not like this is what's going to happen it's like an idea a thing which it starts to inform more and more things and i test it out on people and say i'm thinking this don't you think this would work don't you think this is how it should go and then i'd occasionally you know say to matthew like we're being really fucking funny but remember you want it and you you think you could do it and let's just remember you've got that glint of steel in there as well as all the other things he can do because he's so amazing so yeah it was a idea and then it accumulated accumulated and just felt more and more right and you kind of set him on a trajectory but at that point, you don't know where it's going. So we know from yeah. talking to Alexander Skarsgård, for example, that 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 character Matson initially was only going to be in there for two episodes. So even at that stage, you don't know that it's going to be Tom because of a Gojo takeover. Yeah, I think um, the architecture of the deals evolves and is a little bit more plastic, and we can manipulate it. A student of the show should probably be able to predict what's going to happen by reading Financial Times. Media companies are uh, are um, consolidating, and tech is coming and taking over. That's what's going to happen in this show, probably, because it seems to follow, uh, hopefully, the trajectory of the real world. Um, but within that, there's a multiplicity of potential ways through it. One of which is the like Sherry Redstone version, which is one of the kids does sort of arrange things to make themselves um, the boss. But um, but yeah, we 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 keep an open mind. Um, about that deal stuff. Um, I want to ask you a little bit to help us interpret a scene. Sure. Which I sometimes feel is not your favorite, but indulge me. Let's give it a go. I feel feel much more happy today than ever before. Oh my God, I'm so happy for you that you feel that way. What, just because you feel free, you're free now? I don't feel more happy in my, I'm happy. Is this better than your wedding day? Is that what you're saying, Jesse? No, I don't. The birth of your children? I don't feel happier today than I've ever felt. I feel happier today talking about the details of the show and interpreting them because I feel like the show's over. It's done. Give it a good fucking kick and tell me what you think. I'm going to give it a kick. This, this, kick the shit out of it. I'm going to kick the So when Jeff and I watch, we oftentimes they'll have to like press pause and be like, I don't understand what can. And then I'll be like, it's this thing. And none of us love that, but that's the truth, right? Uh-huh. Sometimes, Jesse, he needs to stop and ask me about some of like, the emotional. <laughs> be literate with him in that way, right? So, but we had this moment in the finale where I was like, I can't, I can't, I don't follow this. Go on then. But I really do hope you do not hear this from a place of criticism. I just, I have you here and I want, no, I got, I'm, I got my number one questions. boy here and I want my number one boy to help me yeah. and my listeners. So the, it's it's the scene in the office mm-hmm. with Kendall and Roman mm-hmm. with the biting. Mm. So um, the biting, yeah. that was so weird. I'm confusing yeah. a few different sure. pieces. But um, the, with, the, with, the, with the stitches in yes. the shoulder. Yes. So once we were in play with that moment and Kendall takes him, yeah. I felt... 
I know the show so well. I understand exactly what's happening. I understand. It. I get it. Uh-huh. But the beats leading up to that, uh-huh. in terms of Ken, uh, Kendall, Romans unraveling, Romans unraveling, and he's saying, "I'll call in," and Kendall is sort of convincing him to stay. And I know I'm just telling you about your show, sure. but he's looking in, and he's like, "But it's it's okay." And I, I couldn't figure out what to make of that scene. And Jeff went, "I'm not sure what this is either." So I couldn't follow Roman's emotional journey in that mm. moment. Yeah, I, I've got mixed feelings because there's sort of an answer to that question, which I think I'll say because I've got an answer to it. Maybe you won't find it compelling. What I don't like is telling someone what a scene is yes. that conflicts with how they feel the scene is because Kieran's playing a lot of stuff. Jeremy's playing a lot of stuff. Mark's shooting it a certain way. The camera ops have an idea. They catch something. The costume designers have made it. The makeup people have made the thing. Anyway, there's a lot of people involved. I'm important in... Anyway, you know all this, but I, so I don't like laying down the law. However, I would say that Roman, his internal narrative is, if I didn't look so fucked up, I could do this. And because I look like I'm all beaten up, people will understand, oh, it couldn't be me. And the, the looking all beaten up is n- maybe not just a physical there is a physical manifestation which wouldn't look good if you if you put on the front of the FT him ringing the bell at the stock exchange. He wouldn't look good. But also, obviously, he emotionally feels he's too beaten up and too vulnerable to do it. So I guess what that moment is him is a couple of interactions with Stewie. He sees Jerry with Carolina and he starts to doubt whether it's so obvious to other people, these reasons why it can't be him. And, and then he starts to feel ashamed of because what he feels, I would say, which is kind of is glad that he doesn't have to sit at the top of the table and try and do it because he doesn't have that in him today. So, yeah, that would be my interpretation of where That's that comes from. Thought, yes. there, was that, there was some line that he was saying that was, I felt like emotionally that was what I was getting yeah. from it. And then there was some line that, that he was you. saying that I thought, oh, is is he actually saying the the reverse to what I got from it? Uh-huh. Because it was after the scene in the Caribbean, yeah. I, I also thought maybe he was more resigned to it not being him yes. by that point yeah. than Listen, he was. let's get into the cut. We can fix this. <laughs> no, are you, you're not annoyed. I, I just, I genuinely, okay, okay, not okay, okay. I could, I, no, absolutely And also, not. you know, and I was thinking as well, because I know I really wanted to ask you that while understanding that like what you don't want to do is sit here and interpret your show for people can i can i ask about jerry yes so you spent um the the middle two seasons developing this relationship with her and um roman that finishes very authentically when he puts her in a position where she's professionally humiliated i remember sarah saying at the time oh their their relationship doesn't recover from this that goes nowhere from here onwards but there are all these fans out there who just love that dynamic between the, the the two of them um was 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 that hard stopping that there when you knew how much affection there was out there for it? No, that kind of thing doesn't bother me. I'm Ruthless. like very, I'm Ruthless. very sentimental about the not not very sentimental, but I'm very feel very warm towards the actors and my fellow writers, and I find, you know, find cutting material from episodes when I know that people have given good performances and that they'll be sad not to see it hard and. Uh, it's tough sometimes, but something like that is like, no, this is just the story. Like, what? Like, I wouldn't give it, I couldn't give it a second thought. Once it's out in the open, they're just, it's fucked. Yeah. It's so fucked. It's like, it's, it's exactly what she didn't want to happen. 
And it's just as she knew early on, you know, her first instinct was like, I don't want to get involved in any of this messy shit. And so yet I would never have a inkling of doubt about 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 following the what's the true version of what those characters um, were going to do. Because then you end up in the finale in this this position where again, another scene that I sobbed at was the, the Roman with the glass of martini. Uh-huh. And, and in a sense, that feels like Jerry's curtain call. Oh. Only that character gets a curtain call without being in it. Yeah, and that's tough, you know, for Jay. And that's why you can't think about it is because we could write a show for Jay and Peter Freeman. You could write a show, whole shows for every person in this show, but we can't. Um, and so, yeah, we have to hope that those bits like that land and that's what the show is. The scene with the kids in the kitchen. Yeah. And the scene with the kids at the end when it turns physical mm-hmm. and violent between them mm-hmm. is doing the kitchen scene fun and is doing the what i'll call the office scene horrible or is that i'm assuming that's way too reductive so can you explain to me why it's too reductive it's not too reductive we shot the bit in the um boardroom across a couple of days but they were the last ever days we shot in new york and so it was horrible you watch the monitor and you're technically pleased that you've achieved it and feel pride in the work and gratitude to the actors, often checking in with Mark and Lucy and Tony were there, like, have we got this? And actually, Georgia was over as well. A bunch of people were over and on set on those those last scenes. So you're very, you're very pleased, but it is a nasty feeling and you're not really looking forward to doing it. And Sarah's also pregnant for real... It's not nice feeling feeling violence around somebody who's you know pregnant, and so it was. Yeah, it was tough. Whereas the scene in Barbados was the last scene we ever shot on the show, and mm-hmm. so there was there was a kind of melancholy lunacy percolating around, and it was really funny when Kieran was licking that cheese and Sarah was all high and merry putting the stuff in the in the mixer. And we didn't want it to really end, I don't think. And um, it was really funny, but it, 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 I guess it was as well. It was quite melancholy. Did Jeremy Strong really sip that shit? Yes. That's disgusting. And I had a little taste of it. How was Why? it? Why? Well, everyone was going on about it. So disgusting. I mean, it was pretty disgusting. But I put some on the end of my finger and I was like, yeah, it's, it's disgusting. But it was like, it wasn't. I'm glad I didn't have to drink it. He did a good, he did a good job and it was very notable that he did it. But... It wasn't. I think the consistency would be what made you gag more than the flavour. Did I hear? There was the a brain? lot of margarine in there. Oh, that is, that is disgusting. That is disgusting. Huge. Are you a squeamish person? A little bit, but it was fun to see how you reacted to the thought of a huge tub of oily margarine. <laughs> I felt like, weird, like I really, really hate it. Did I hear the phrase "wartime pickles" in there? As yes, well? wonderful. Wartime Great. pickle. Yeah. How um how far. Did you get into the edit before you knew that the last thing we would hear was water? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, quite late on, quite late on, Nick and and Ken, who edited that episode, played with where the music would start and finish, and yeah, he, and that little beat of well, it's not silence, but the, where the score's gone, but you just hear the the water was a relatively late innovation. Wow. It was so perfect. I assumed it was scripted. No, not that you just hear the water. No, yeah. no, the scripted end is Kendall is walking mm. and then 
Colin is revealed sort of as a presence who stands for a bunch of things I guess he can't can't will not really be able to escape. We're talking about that and we are we realized we interpreted it differently is that Jeff sort of felt it was like I mean, I think I'm about to say that I was right about it. Anyway, <laughs> but, but that I, I didn't hear it as water. Uh-huh. I heard it as no more music. Yes. And that no more music put me in Kendall more uh-huh. instead of the things that happen to us almost involuntarily when there's a score. Uh-huh. There's like inevitable stuff that you feel if you feel a score. And yes. then when it's gone, you're like, I'm saying the same shit over and over again. You get it. You, that you he's it. there on his own. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's what we'd like to do. Ask you some rapid fire questions. Uh-huh. And then you're done with us Good. forever. Was the answer in the season four poster all along, or are people getting carried away? Carried away, and I, I sign off the posters, but I don't do those games. So you didn't say, let's put uh, Tom and Logan in similar ties, no. making similar faces? No. Who would you rather go on a night out with, uh, the Disgusting Brothers or the El Dude Brothers from Peep Show? The El Dude Brothers. A lot of people online wondering if uh, if one inspired the other. <laughs> Well, uh, not inspired, I guess, you know, or I'm, I'm used to. to duos. It wasn't a, it wasn't a conscious nod to. Okay. <gasps> People are looking for conscious nods to Peep Show. Well, which of which there ha- occasionally there has been a silly thing that I've put in that's had a reference to it. But yeah, not that. Can you give us one name yes. of someone who's texting you, someone not affiliated with the show, but a name that we'd recognize to say congratulations? No. Gross, is that humility? Yeah, yeah. It's like his personal life. No, uh, yeah. I don't have like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I haven't got tons of um, that sort of thing. That you will, but by the end of tonight, when it airs in the UK, you will have. Maybe. Can you tell how well something has gone by the amount of text messages you get? Um, um a little bit, a little bit. You get a little bit. What happened to Fickrat? Come on, be honest with us. Fickrat. Yeah, I don't know if the same if the actor was. Available. We never saw his face after a certain point. Yeah, I don't. It's one of those ones I don't think I've got into. Okay, <laughs> with production, <laughs> we've all paid a lot of attention to all the stuff that Logan had on his desk. Good. What does Jesse have on his desk? Uh, two monitors. They like. I love the monitor space. Oh. Get two monitors. That's my biggest tip. Get two monitors. Why not? One well, browser's one for email. What, what we just doing? anything. Just get that shit up there. Get a nice big monitor. <laughs> plenty of room. It's so cheap. It's like a hundred quid for another. It's like you've got two computers. Wow. <laughs> Will Tom find jobs for the Fly Guys? Yeah, he'd find if yeah if he if if they if they deigned to ask or if they were willing to humiliate themselves by asking, he'd he'd figure them out. They're, they're willing to humiliate themselves. Yeah, he'd get them something nice. What would you rather eat? <laughs> Meal cooked by Lady Caroline or the meal fit for the king? Oh, Caroline. If you could move around the succession set or props room Mm -hmm. uh, uh, clockwise with stickers, Mm. what's what's the first thing you would have taken for yourself? Around around Logan's apartment. Anything. Is there there an object which you would have liked? I guess uh, you see um, Nick um, put a sticker on on a bell and some people might notice that was an object when he, in the second episode, when he went back to the apartment, he knocked that bell over and it was a nice, I thought, was it in the pilot he did that? No, it was in the second episode. When Logan's in the hospital and he, he gets sent. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think we came up with the idea of him saying, um, sorry if my bell summoned you on on the fly. <laughs> and that was, it was very, ple- <laughs> it was a very pleasing moment of like, oh, we, this is like, we're making this show and we can 
we can do these bits and we can do them on the day and it was a, like a lovely feeling of of freedom of like what might be accommodatable within the show so i liked seeing him do the bell again so i'd take the bell this one yeah. uh-huh. You just hate you hate your questions. I don't love this one. You do you hate our questions? No, I love your questions. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to be having a nice time so bad. I've been here for like three hours. I know, I know. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Gonna, and now no, I'm but I, you, like, I, I, and I'm enjoying it. Okay, okay. I'm so needy. <laughs> You're so not needy, and I'm just gonna really try and take something from that. Maybe if the key is in two monitors. Maybe if I had two monitors, I'd be less needy. I would have thought so. Okay. Where would you rather breathe your last breath? <laughs> <laughs> Peter Munyon's silvery gulags or the toilet oh, of a private jet? Oh. Who's out there on the private jet? Who do you want with you on the private jet? Well, people I love. Okay, the people you love are with you. Well, then on the private jet. Am I on that jet with you, Jackie? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We don't love spoilers, but how does the next episode start? What's the first scene in the next episode? Oh, right. Okay. The unwritten show, which is not written. If, if you we, had to, yeah. If we had to, and we hadn't been brutally cancelled by HBO, um, <laughs> that's a joke. Um, wh- what would be the next scene? If I had to write the show again and I was pitching it to the room, I think it would be um, Tom in, in Silicon Valley. Oh, God. I'm ready. I'm there. <laughs> you fucked up. <laughs> You've really, uh, you've really rode back on that not singing on the podcast thing, haven't you? I'm trying to lean into who I truly am, despite <laughs> how much it might annoy others. What a shame you didn't sing for Jesse. Mm, I, I, we both know I pushed it as far as I possibly <laughs> could. Maybe next time, baby. And you will hear Sarah pushing it as as far and as hard as she possibly could tomorrow when we bring you part two of that conversation with Jesse. Also tomorrow, for anyone who's wondering where it is, we will have a bumper-length, end-of-all-things-length edition of Sarah's favourite lines, quotes, expressions, turns of phrase from the Succession finale. We will see you guys then. I'm putting you under a continental quilt. Yeah, a bedspread, I would call it. A bedspread. I'm pulling it all the way up to your chin so you feel so cosy, 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 cosy. Because people aren't feeling, people People are feeling, you feel so they're emotionally so, ravaged, what, they're battered and bruised. What will you care about now? You feel so sad, so your mommy is just putting your quilt up to your little face. I, I know what you could do for them. What can I do for the baby? You could get a, a little sippy cup <gasps> and, and fill it with meal fit for a king. Oh, oh. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of non-stop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com code SUMMER. Have warm milk and a little bit of water if you get thirsty, and then a meal fit for the king with a little bit of spit and some eggshells. Bye-bye!